chapter 2. Yesterday we had the privilege to get out on the ice and play a little hockey. I mean, when I, when I see the Olympics and it's state tournament wrestling time and you pay attention to that, I mean, you just want to go do something, you know what I'm saying? And, um, I, uh, a couple weeks ago I thought in my mind I'm going over, I think my, my skating days are done. My skates had broke and I bought a pair of skates and they were an economical pair of skates and I put them on and I'd sprained my ankle and that skate didn't go with that and it was just, everything was uncomfortable and I thought, man, I'm, many of you have already been there, but I'm, I see the window of things end, you know what I mean? You just can't do certain things anymore. And I, and I want to stretch that window as far as I can, but I thought, no, not ice skating done. And when I bought this cheap pair of skates, <clears throat> I made a mistake, I thought, at that time, but it really wasn't a mistake. It was a blessing. They had a, another pair of skates there <clears throat> that was a lot more than this pair I bought, and I tried them on. Wow. One was like putting on a hand-fit moccasin. The other was like putting your foot in a plastic bucket. You know what I'm saying? And so I went over in my mind, and I'm thinking, this is... Man, if if these pair don't work, I'm done. And so I thought, I'm going to go try that high dollar. To me, it was high dollar. Um, but Andrew said, high dollar? There's skates itself for $1,000. It wasn't anywhere near that, okay? But to me, it seemed like a lot of money and Wow, got those on and was able to skate again. So the window is has broadened a little bit. I it's still there because I'm slower and I can remember years ago we had a gym night and one of the men that was about my age says, My mind knows what my body needs to do, but it just can't do it. And uh totally relate. And um so, you know, that's the reality of life, that you come to points that you're not able to do things that you used to do. But the neat thing about Christianity, spiritually speaking, is though the outward man perishes, the inward man is renewed day by day. That's... I mean, to me, this is the neat thing. Spiritually, we don't, we're not supposed to degenerate. It's not natural. Spiritually, it can be just the opposite. Physically, we go downhill. Spiritually, we can be growing till the day we breathe our last breath. That is, 
That is so exciting to me, and more so when I see this happening physically, to know that, hey, it doesn't have to be that way spiritually. And, and yet many times I think we don't, we don't grasp, we don't embrace the growth mindset. In the last 10 years, I would say in business, in athletics, um, in philosophy, there's been a real emphasis on the growth mindset, not just setting goals, but, but the aspect of growing every day. And there's some good things to it, some other things that, that may not be. But as believers, we really need to have a growth mindset. We really need to, to embrace this aspect that, you know, this is where I am, but this is not where I want to end up being, and this is not where I want to be next week even. That I want to be growing. And Peter's addressing that here to the believers that he's writing to. Verse 1 of chapter 2 of 1 Peter. Therefore laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. We're going to kind of start at what Peter said here is the goal. That you may grow thereby. And we're going to work our way back through these things that he mentions here. He, he's telling us to do certain things that, that we'll get to here in just a moment. But is in product, his in purpose, is that you may grow thereby. God desires, no, I would say God demands growth in our personal lives. Now, we are addressing these things, Peter is addressing these things to believers. The last part of verse 3, it says, if if you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, if you have come to know the grace of God, if you have come to personally embrace and know the working of God's Spirit, and you are a child of God by faith in Jesus Christ alone, and on the basis of that, God doesn't just save us to kind of hang around until we get to heaven. He begins a process there of growth that he wants to produce in our life. We're, we're not going to belabor this point, but the fact of the matter is, in Jesus' ministry, just look at his life. He was always praising that that was producing fruit. The parable of the seed and the sower. This one didn't produce fruit, and this one didn't last. This one didn't have roots that lasted. But on the good ground, what did it do? It produced fruit. In John 15, he said that he was the vine and we are the branches. And any branch that doesn't bring forth fruit, he prunes it. He tries to work with it to get it to produce fruit. 
he gave another account of uh, coming upon a tree and there was no fruit and the the landowner said cut it down and and the servant said no no would you give me one more year i want to fertilize it i want to dig about it i want to water it give me one more year to see that it produces fruit everything is about growing and producing fruit and as i said the nice thing about being a christian is that we can always be growing as i said though the outward man perish the in we can always and god wants us to be until the very day that we breathe our last breath, that He wants us to be growing. And and hopefully you can look in your life and see, you know, thank God I'm not what I used to be. Even as a believer, hopefully you can look and say, thank God I am I have more mature responses today than I did. Two years ago. Thank God that I, I have a more mature outlook than I did in the past. And this is what God desires. He wants us continually to be growing. He says, Peter also closes his second letter to them and he urges them, grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 3, and he said, I am continually pressing toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God. What he was saying is, I, I am pursuing, I, I want to grow to be more like Christ. It is a dangerous, dangerous thing when we lose our our desire to grow. When we grow content in where we are, the difference between superb athletes and just athletes is the fact that the superb athletes never grow content with where they are. They are continually pursuing. I mean... They'll, they'll win a, for example, reading about Dan Gable. He'd win a tournament and he'd go right out and go work out. I mean, he never was content. I, I can always get better. We'd be much better off spiritually if we as Christians developed an attitude, I am not content with where I am spiritually. Now, I, I get the thing that we need to be content in what God has given us and not go around griping and complaining, but we should never grow content. I am not like Christ as much as I want to be, and I'm going to keep pursuing that because God desires, yea, demands that we grow. And you know what? He is so committed to growth that he'll bring whatever he has to into our life to urge us to grow. 
He can't make us grow. That is our response to his grace. But Paul was very conscious of it. He said, the grace that God gives to me, I labor more abundantly than all of them. Why? So that his grace is not given to me in vain. That great God's power, don't limit God's grace to just saving us. God gives you the empowerment in your life to do His will. And Paul said, I, I am committed. I am not content with where I am. I'm going to labor more abundantly so that His grace is not in vain. So, God desires, yea, demands growth in our personal life. As we've often said, the ways of God are not not complicated. They're often very basic, but they're not easy. Growth, Peter tells us, is only the result of craving the Word of God. Verse 2, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. What He put it as simple as, if you want to grow, this is what you need. To desire, and, and really that word desire is to yearn, to intensely crave, to earnestly long after. It is a, a deep, deep drive. And the analogy that he used as a newborn babe. When a baby is hungry, it is not satisfied until it gets the milk. I mean, you can stick a binky or plug or whatever you want in it. If they're really hungry, it is not going to satisfy. There, there is nothing else that will satisfy. And he's using this, this strong desire. It's a natural impulse that is given. And, and what Peter is conveying, it's a natural impulse of a truly born again person to desire the Word of God. No one needs to teach newborn babes to desire food. So a new believer should have a natural desire, a supernatural desire, for the Word of God. Throughout Scripture, you'll find over and over again, the psalmist will be saying, as the deer pants after the water brooks, so my soul longeth after you. And, and he then brings it back to the word of God. Psalm 119, the longest chapter in the Bible. Nearly all the verses speak of the word of God. And it's good for me that I've been afflicted that I may learn your word. You cannot separate spiritual growth from the Word of God. And Peter is urging them to, to crave, to long for, to desire the Word. 
Why? We are born by the Word of God, and we must be fed by the Word of God. The Scripture is both the breeder and the feeder of grace. And the way we're going to get grace, and I'm not minimizing, it's a good thing to come to church And especially a church that preaches the Word of God. But your growth, if all you get is what you get at church, you're not going to be growing. You need to to crave. If all you ate this week was Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, and I checked in with you next Saturday night, most of you wouldn't be in very good attitudes, all right? Why? Because physically you weren't feeding yourself. Spiritually, we cannot grow. We're malnourished. And, and Amos said there, there was a famine in the land, a famine of hearing the word of God. You can talk all you want about all the culture of America today and what Amos said, there is a famine in our land today, even among Christians, that we don't like to hear the Word of God. And he said, if you want to grow, if you want your life to be what God wants it to be, your relationship with the Word of God must be a relationship identified as longing, as craving for the Word of God. The Bible tells us the goal of Bible study is not just that we might know more, to be smarter sinners, so to speak, but that we might grow to be more like the Savior. That's the whole purpose. It's not so, man, next time we get together at Christmas time, we can whip them in Bible trivia. No, it's, it's the purpose for, for doing the study in First Peter on Wednesday night is, I want to be more like Christ. Lord, use this in my life. I want this to be saturated in my life. What's more important to me? God's Word or you fill in the blank? God's Word or my job? God's Word or my hobby? God's Word or my favorite team? God's Word or my family? What Peter is saying is there should be nothing that comes as more important than God's Word. And that alone, that alone will produce growth in our lives. Do we have a hunger that can only be satisfied by God's Word? Or perhaps you're here today and you say, you know what? I once had a strong impulse for God's Word, but in recent times, I would have to say that it's waned. I'd have to say that it's disappeared. I'd have to say that it's it's not the same as I had. That's why the Word of God must be accompanied by obedience. He said, Therefore, laying aside all malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all evil speaking, 
as newborn babes desire the milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You will not have the power to lay aside those things unless you are in the word of God. And our appetite is often blunted by unconfessed sin. It's often, you know, um, parents always say, I can remember it. Can I have a chocolate chip cookie? No, we're going to eat in a little bit. In a little bit to me and my mom was a big difference. A little bit to her may have been two hours. A little bit to me means you're going to sit right down now and eat. I mean, if I had ten minutes, I'd think that chocolate chip cookie's not going to affect my appetite. And if I could get it, which I seldom did with her approval, there are other ways of getting it. I would make sure it didn't affect my appetite just so I could get more of it. But you know what? We do the same thing with sin. And sin does affect our appetite. Now, don't go away. I'm not saying chocolate chip cookies are sin. They, I believe the manna was probably something like that. If you want to know, I'm just kidding. Maybe not. But the thing is, we fill ourselves up with all the things of this world. And, and many of them aren't bad in and of themselves. But we have no appetite for the Word of God. We're filled with junk food. And we don't have an appetite for the Word of God. And, and it's becoming more pronounced. We battle this aspect of appetite. We are... We are a culture that, that has to have quick, quick, um, interaction. I mean, what's the weather going to be? Oh, my weather thing says it's going to be this, you know. How far is it from here to Timbuktu? Oh, it's this far to Timbuktu. We are easily, we are, we're all ADD. We're attention deficit disorder. And, and really we, and so you come to the Word and you know what? The average person finds it boring. We don't like to admit that because we're Christians and we're supposed to really love the Word. But we filled ourselves up with so much of the world that this isn't in, I was going to say technicolor. That dates me, doesn't it, huh? This isn't in HD. This isn't fast moving. We had, um, Marilyn mentioned a movie that she liked watching, and some of the kids watched it, and they came back and said, that's so slow and boring. (laughs) Case in point, what I'm illustrating, right? And it means that we have to put off some things to come to the Word of God and say, God... Because I am committed to growth. Because I am committed to this. I am going to do whatever I have to do to develop an appetite for your word. I mean, 
It's developing that appetite and then obeying what he commands us to do. John Bunyan said, I'm sure you've heard it before, sin will keep you from this book or this book will keep you from sin. Think about it. The Bible is literally God speaking to you. It's God's instrument for salvation. It's God's instrument for being a growing and mature Christian. It's God's blueprint for the Christian life. It is everything right here. Now let me ask you, how does your time in the Word compare to your time with the other things that you have discretion over your time to choose? There's so many distractions. There's so many things. I, I mentioned, and I, um, I mentioned recently the book Twelve Things Your Phone Is Doing to You. And in that, it said, I forget, 78% of the people say the first thing they do in the morning when they get up is check something on their phone. Not that that's a sin, but you know what? We, we, we immediately fill our minds with distractions. The first thing, the first thing that we ought to seek after is God. I mean, think about it. Just if you lined up right here, all these choices... Turn on the TV, check my phone, make coffee, do all these other things, whatever it is, and, and you put a chair right here of God. I'll get with you later, God. First, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check this. First, I gotta read the newspaper for you old timers. Us old timers, okay? Young people don't even know what a newspaper is, alright? How are they ever gonna train their puppies with a smartphone, huh? How's that going to happen? But line up all these things and, and think about it. We walk in the reality. If God was sitting in your living room, would you walk right by him and not even tip your hat to him? Would you walk right? I mean, this is God's word. This is God speaking to us. And many times we ignore it. We neglect it. And God says, there is no way you will grow if you do that. I I am more concerned about we as Christians' appetite for the Word of God than most everything else. Everything else will take care of itself if we get back. The The early Christians were known as people of the book. They love the Word of God. And we need a revival of of returning to the Word, of, of saying, God, give me a longing, give me a craving for the Word. I will, I will meditate in your Word. And listen, if you've, if you've never, ever had that, 
You'd better go back and check if you're saved. I don't care how long you've been going to church. If there's never been a craving for the Word of God, if it's never spoken and jumped out at you and, and there's never been a longing for that, God says, you better go back and check. I mean, that's the reality. And if you're here today and you're saying, man, I, I look, I look at my life right now and I have been negligent of the word. And again, I, I'm not saying this to guilt you. I don't want us to stand before him ashamed. Study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We spend more time arguing about the Bible than we do reading it. I mean, just immerse yourself in it. And and I'm grateful for every one of you that are getting in and doing the the first Peter study on Wednesday night and and we pray that, that that will create an even greater appetite for the Word of God. But if you're here today and you say, you know what, it's, it's been a long time. And one week is a long time. It's been a long time since I've really had an appetite for God's Word. You need to cry out to God and say, God, be merciful to me. I am committed to growing to Christ-likeness, and I can't do it without your word. And God, I am I'm going to do whatever's necessary to make your word prominent in my life, preeminent in my life. And as we go to the word, then we obey the word, and that's growth. And God doesn't care where we're at as much as what direction we're heading. As we're growing, he's very, very patient with that. When he sees us hungering and thirsting. And Peter's writing to the believers and and he says, this is the key to your growth. And God demands growth and expects growth. And, and this is the key Long for the Word of God. Everything rises and falls on the Word of God. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bring these truths home to my heart and to our hearts. Lord, forgive us for neglecting your Word. And Lord, I pray if there is one here today that maybe has given a testimony of salvation and been baptized, but they honestly look at their life and there has never been a craving for your word in their life. Lord, I pray that your spirit would awaken them to the reality of their own personal spiritual condition that they very well may not be a child of yours. And Lord, I pray that we would respond to the working of your Spirit. I pray for every believer here. 
Lord, every one of us here today needs to crave your word more. Lord, I, I don't believe there's one of us here that, that today says, well, I've, I couldn't crave it anymore. So, Lord, I pray that you would bring a revival of your word right here in this assembly in our nation and around the world. And, Lord, I pray that as we commit to your word, as we make it the priority of our life, that we would appropriate your grace to walk in the truth of your word and be a living epistle of you. While our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I'm speaking to believers. You're here today, you say, I know I am a child of God, but God's Spirit has challenged me today in my relationship to the word. I'm not saying that you're not getting into it, but you're saying God has convicted me of the need to crave the Word of God. I wish you'd remember me in prayer. Would you just slip up your hands that we could pray for you today? Amen. Amen. You're here today and you'd say, you know what? I don't know that there's ever been a time in my life that I've craved the Word. I don't know that I am a child of God. If you're here today and you say, I don't know that I am a child of God, I would urge you before you leave today to meet with me or someone or to go get alone with God and just cry out to God and say, God, have mercy on my soul. I mean, this is not anything to mess with. Perhaps you're here today and you've just grown content. I'm not so bad, better than those people and better than this and not so bad. And and growth mindset hasn't even been a reality. You're just thinking, oh, come Jesus, get me out of here. Perhaps you need to go before God and say, God, forgive me for being content with where I'm at. Heavenly Father, I pray for these that your spirit is challenged regarding your word. Lord, you know Satan will come and try to to take the seed away, try to minimize the leading of your spirit. We're all so easily distracted. Lord, I pray that this week, Today and in the months to come, you would see us hungering for your word as never before. And Lord, I pray that the growth that is manifested as a result would be sweet in your eyes and would be an instrument that you can use in others' lives. Then, Lord, I pray for individuals, perhaps, that are not sure they're a child of yours. Lord, may today they settle that, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's